pound his ears and drill his brain until sleep will not, cannot come. Do you ever answer? Shock twists Hugh's lips. Answer? The psychiatrist's face remains placid. The slight, knowing curve to his mouth makes Hugh want to slug him. You think they're not real, don't you? Hugh steeples his fingers with mocking erudition. Yes, esteemed colleagues, he affects an arrogant, highbrow voice. I have determined the subject suffers from EGS, extreme guilt syndrome, the roots of which run so deep as never to be extirpated, with symptoms aggrandizing into myriad areas of a subject's life and resulting in perceived paranormal phenomena. He drops both hands in his lap, lowering his chin to look derisively at the good doctor. The man inhales slowly. Do you feel guilt for the murders? Why should I? They deserved it. He pushes to his feet. He pushes to his feet, struck out. He slumps back in his chair. He slumps back in his chair, struck out. He aims a hard look. He aims a hard look, struck out. The psychiatrist, struck out. Hugh's hand's fist, struck out. He cannot, struck out. He can only, struck out. He, struck out. Ah! Novelist Daryl Brooke smacked his keyboard and shoved away from the desk. All concentration drained from his mind like water from a leaky pan. His characters froze. He lowered his head, raking gnarled fingers into the front of his scalp. For a time there he'd almost had it, that ancient joy of thoughts flowing and fingers typing. In the last two hours he'd managed to write three or four paragraphs. Now, nothing. Absolutely nothing. King of suspense. He laughed, a bitter sound that singed his throat. Ninety-nine novels written in forty-three years, well over a hundred million copies sold, twenty-one major motion pictures made from his books, countless magazine articles about his career, fan letters, invitations to celebrity parties. Now look at him at age seventy-seven, two years after the auto accident, still only half mobile, and wielding a mere fraction of the brain power he used to have. What good is an author who can't hold a plot in his head? As for his once die-hard fans, they were now happily reading King or Kuntz or that upstart Patterson. Betrayers all. He made a gagging sound in his throat. Darrell stared at the monitor, reading over his strikeouts, struggling once more to settle into the story. He pictured the psychiatrist. His killer. No use. Face it, old man, you'll never write that hundredth book. You've been put out to pasture for good. He wrenched his eyes from the screen and reached for his shiny black cane. With effort, he pushed himself out of his leather chair to unsteady feet. The broken bones in his left leg and ankle had long since healed, but the ligament damage had not. Despite painful physical therapy, his foot had not regained its full flexibility. Amazing the constant flexing of a foot to maintain equilibrium. He hadn't realized the importance of those muscles and tendons until his were torn apart. 
Darrell shuffled across the hardwood floor of his thirty-foot-long office, repelled by his writing desk and computer. Every day they wooed, then shunned him. At the tall, mullioned window near the far corner he stopped and spread his feet wide. Hunched over, both hands on his cane, he brooded over the green rolling hills of his estate, the untamed and capricious Pacific Ocean in the distance. He used to go to the beach to write a couple times a week, tapping his laptop keys as the surf pounded in rhythm to his pulse. Now he never left the house except for doctor's appointments. Darrell Brooke had no use for a world that no longer had use for him. His mouth puckered with disdain. Characters' faces in shadow, snippets of scenes filtered through his mind. Freda Lee, now there was a delectable killer. Or Alfred Stone with...